It's an all-new season of the Football NYC Big Blue Breakdown Podcast on YesNetwork.com. Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy of BigBlueInteractive.com give the best Giants analysis week to week. And now, Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to football season. Joe Callow on the first Big Blue Breakdown podcast of the year, and I am joined this year by the one and only Eric Kennedy from the Big Blue Interactive website. It's the number one Giants fan message board on the internet. It's for hardcore Giant fans. It's for people that just want some news, some stats about the Giants. Eric, how you doing? Happy to have you this year. Uh, very good, except for the team not winning on Sunday, but I'm doing great. Thank you. That's what I was going to say, too. I mean, it's back to football, back to football, but unfortunately for the Giants, back to football. You know what? Considering they were the punching bag of the NFL this offseason and everything we heard about how badly they did in free agency and all of the injuries, I don't think it was a terrible showing like the Giants fans kind of might have expected on the road, but it just looked like we were watching the same team from last year. Yeah, it, you know, I think the expectation level for this game was a little higher for most Giants fans than it probably should have been given the opponent because the Giants have had so much success against the Redskins in recent years. I think they've won nine out of the last ten with the Redskins. But the Redskins, you know, to, to their credit, they they are getting better. Um, and to his credit, Rex Grossman played a very good game against the Giants. Um, you know, Rex has this history of being up and down, and unfortunately against the Giants, he, he played he played a good game. But, you know, there are some troubling signs on the Giants, I'm sure that we'll get into, that make you wonder what type of season they're going to have. Now, some of this is because of injuries, but some of this is because of, as you mentioned, um, free agency decisions and, and just the teams in transition in a number of spots. And I think that contributed in a number of ways. The Giants had a chance to win this game. I mean, the, the, I think the game was far closer than the score indicates. There were a number of plays that were decisive in the, in the contest, and if they'd gone the other way, the Giants would have won. But that, that can be said of any football game. And to the Redskins' credit, they made the plays when it counted, and the Giants didn't. And coming into the season, the biggest concerns were the losses on free agency with Steve Smith and Kevin Boss. Now, given... I don't think neither one had an impact this week on the new teams because Kevin Boss did not play, and I don't think Steve Smith was even thrown to on the Eagles. But on the Giants' side of it, we saw Victor, Victor Cruz was thrown to on third down, had a miss. It didn't look like Eli was looking at him for the rest of the day, so there was an affected area right there. And also at the tight end position, I don't think Travis Beckham is ever going to get on the field. It just doesn't <laughs> look like this guy wants to play. And if you're a player, and we're used to, I mean, this is tight end land. With the Giants, you had guys like Mark Bavaro. You had even guys like Howard Cross who were terrific blockers. This guy Beckham, it just makes me nervous because it doesn't look like he wants a season opportunity. And for the most part, Ballard didn't do a bad job catching the ball, but I just couldn't see him blocking real well. You know, Coughlin had a great line today at his press conference just a little while ago. They asked him about Beckham. He said, how is he doing? And he said, Beckham is Beckham. <laughs> he said he's got a hamstring. And that's the problem with Beckham is ever since he's been here, he just can't get on the field because he's always hurt. So I don't think – I think the Giants um, intended to use him, based on their comments, quite a bit as an inside receiver against the Redskins. And then when he had the hamstring issue on Friday, that sort of uh, threw a wrench in the plans. Now, and I agree with you. I, I, I thought – you know, I thought one of the promising things that come out of the game was actually the play of Jake Ballard. I didn't know 
he could catch the ball the way he caught the ball in the last preseason game and then in the game yesterday. He sort of came out of Ohio State as a reputation of being a blocking tight end. But that 41-yard pass he caught against the Redskins was, was really impressive. And then he also had a, 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 a sideline catch where he sort of slid to the ground. It was a very difficult catch, and he came up with that pass too. Now, the blocking, I, I think, will come along with him. I think he, you know, he has a reputation for being a good blocker. He's a huge guy. He's 275 pounds. He's just very green. You know, he, he was on the practice squad last year. They didn't use him a lot. But I think the good news um, one of the good things coming out of the Redskins game is, is, is Ballard actually looked like a le- legitimate tight end, and if he can catch the football, that'll be that'll be a big plus. But the the problem for the Giants uh, offensively on uh, against the Redskins it was the offensive line had issues, and that and that's not totally unexpected given all the changes they've made. And then with when they were throwing the football, everything seemed to be outside the hash marks. Other than that one play that we mentioned with Ballard going down the field with the 41-yard catch, everything was outside. They never really threatened the inside of the defense. And if they can't do that, they're going to be much easier to defend. And that's where they miss Steve Smith, you know, a pre-injury Steve Smith. We don't know what Steve Smith's going to do this year. That's a, that's a matter for another debate. Mm-hmm. But – if they can't threaten the inside of the uh, inside of the defense, um, Manning's really going to be uncomfortable this year. Yeah, and and to stay on the offensive side of the ball, it has to be frustrating with third and short and fourth and short. How they just can't get this yards. It just looked like last year, all over again. It just looked like they're the same problems that we had last year, and it looks like coming into this year, I mean, you got nervous during the preseason, but again, it's just preseason with Eli's play and just hoping he wasn't going to make the big mistake and something that led to a touchdown. We saw it this week, and it just really put a damper from when the second half started, and it just looked like the Giants were a different team after that. But for the most part, you are right. They were in this game, and this was a winnable game. But you also saw mistakes. You also saw bad special teams. I mean, Tynes was going to miss that field goal, whether it got blocked or not. Yeah. And, I mean, this guy hasn't kicked all summer. So, I mean, you had a guy that is is shaky at best with Lawrence Tynes, I think. And I, I thought Tom <laughs> Coughlin, I thought after the Super Bowl season, maybe Tom Coughlin would get rid of him. Because if you remember correctly, how many missed field goals that time he had in Green Bay and, right. and in the championship game. So he makes you nervous. And then the coverage, I mean, come on. Just the coverage and the returns just look like nothing has improved. Yeah, I thought the specials were the, my problem with the specials were this: the Tynes, the block on Tynes was all Tynes. I mean, that that wasn't the Redskins getting penetration. I mean, the guy barely got had his hand up and the ball was hitting him. Um, that was just a really bad miss hit by Tynes. That you can't put that on the coach. You can't put that on the uh, on other players. Tynes messed up there. Um, there was one return that the Redskins got, the 25-yard return. Now, also keep in mind, the Redskins have one of the most dangerous returners in the NFL. I thought they did a nice job on him. He had one 25-yard punt return. There was a blatant block in the back, right out in the open, right at the, where he caught the ball on a giant that wasn't called, that, that I think caused that, that 25-yard return. Other than that, I thought they did a decent job on him. The problem on specials other than times was they had a few penalties. So, But I didn't think the, the special teams really were decisive in this game in, in, in a negative sense. I, the real problem, and you hit the nail on the head, was this. They, I think it was a, a, and one other thing that you, we haven't mentioned. The Giants went up 14-7 to right before halftime. 
Um, there's about, I think, about three minutes left or two minutes left before halftime. The Redskins get the ball, and in five plays, they go 80 yards and tie the game. Then to start the third quarter, the Giants get the ball, and then you have the turnover. So right within a matter of minutes, it's a 14-point swing right there. Giants have a chance to get back in this game after the Ballard catch and then after um, Pierre Paul's uh, sack and the forced fumble that Bowley recovered. They, they, they get in the Redskins' territory in both those cases. They've got a fourth and one. They've got a third and one. You got to make that play. You got to make that play and keep yeah. the drives alive. That's yeah. not on Eli. That's that's and and I, I don't think it's really on the running backs. The running the, the offensive line has got to make the make you know get a yard. You got to get a yard there. Redskins had a fourth and five on their first touchdown drive. They got it. We had a fourth and one and a third and one, and we couldn't get it. And you could argue that those were the plays of the game. Yeah, yeah, and it just looked like the Giants' defense now on the other side of the ball. I thought played pretty much. A steady game. I mean, sure, Grossman threw, was throwing all around the field, and Santana Moss looks to be a steady target this year, just like he was last year. But I liked, and again, we are positive Giant fans, and we're <laughs> trying to look for something good, and you had to be happy with the play of Jason Pierre-Paul, and it just looks like he's going to be an animal, and he's going to be a very aggressive pass rusher, and it's something that when we do get our other defensive ends back healthy. I mean, I like the way Kiwanuka was driving to the ball a couple of times, so I like the push that they had a couple of times. And, you know, to give the Giants, you know, a, a little bit of a break here, they lost their middle linebacker just before this game. And I think, you know, speaking to Howard Cross a couple of days ago here, yes, you know, it just takes a lot out of this team when you have the signals going in and, and something messes up, something like that, just before the first game of the season. I have to give credit to Jones. You know, I think he's thrust into a starting position, and I think he's going to be a very good player, and I think these other linebackers are, are, are very good athletes, but that's a tough spot to throw a new guy into. Yeah, and, and I wrote about that in the pre my Redskins preview, that, that this was going to be a real tough spot because Jonathan Goff, um, it, was, it was a guy that was getting better, and he was the play caller for the defense. And even though fans may not realize it, he was a pretty steady linebacker in coverage. And more than anything, he knew where he was supposed to be. So they go into the Redskins game with a rookie linebacker. And remember, Terrell Thomas is already out. And the problem you have, with, especially with the rookie, is in, in zone coverage, you're often not getting enough drops or you're not exactly where you're supposed to be. And the Redskins, when the Giants got in trouble with the Redskins defensively is when they were in zone coverage. When they were in man coverage, they seemed to do all right. When they went to zone coverage, there seemed to be these big open spaces in the Giants' zones, and that's what really killed them. And Fred Davis, the tight end for the Redskins, had a, had a huge day, a 100-yard mm -hmm. uh, receiving day. And... It's not, you know, it's hard to put blame it all on Jones, and you can't. But it's a real tough spot for him to be in, and and he it was definitely had an effect on the defense because because um, with him out, with Terrell Thomas out, with Justin Tuck out, you had a domino effect. They had to juggle all these pieces. To their credit, you had guys like Dave Tollison step up. As you said, JPP played a great game. Chris Canny had a sack. Um, Linville Joseph was played a good game. But they had too many missing parts, and then the secondary just didn't. They looked confused when they were playing zone coverage on, in, during the game. Yeah, and and I and you know, like I'm not one to say injuries for an excuse. And 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 you look, the Green Bay Packers won it last year with 16 guys on IR. 
I'm just saying, as a Giant fan, sometimes you got to give the team a little bit of a break because, you know, you got Justin Tuck, the captain of defense. He's not playing. And then you lose your middle linebacker for the year as well as well as losing your, your best cornerback. So I think on the road, you know, throwing the Giants opening day on the road, it's always a tough spot. There's always more pressure to win an opening day when you're the home team. Okay, but I don't want to give the Giants a pass for losing a division game on the road. Right. It's just that, you know what? Eric, there was a lot of teams that looked a lot worse than the Giants on Sunday that had really high expectations for this year, like the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Atlanta Falcons. So, you know what? It's week one. I don't think Giant fans should panic. Hopefully some things get corrected. I love Eli Manning. I'm a big Eli Manning fan, and I think he's a a terrific starting quarterback. I don't think he's a huge star like his brother, but he's, you know, I, I think he's a very steady quarterback, and hopefully he gets used to some of these new targets, and and for all we know, I mean, who who knows if Mario Manningham was in the right spot, if Hickson was in the right spot, so I don't like to throw, I mean, Eli didn't have the greatest day, but I don't like to throw all the blame on him, you know, you just don't know until you break down the game film who was supposed to be in spots, and we're not in the meeting room, so just to throw a positive spin on things, I'm just trying to look into next week and just think, you know, it's only week one, I think the Giants could learn from this. And I, I don't think Manning played a bad game. I actually put, put that as a question out on the website. I said, what did Manning do that you guys think that he played poorly? The interception wasn't on him. The interception was on the right tackle, McKenzie, when he didn't get the linebacker down on the ground. And the linebacker made a heck of a play on that play. But that pass was right where it should have gone. Hicks was open, and what he, they were hoping to do was get a quick quick pass there. There was only one defensive back over there, and they were hoping Hicks to break a tackle. Um, and, and go the distance there. But that, that, that wasn't one of those passes from last year where Eli was clearly throwing a, an errant pass to the wrong guy or anything like that. That was just a, 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 a false, uh, bad block. And then the second half, I mean, when the Giants, when they had better pass protection in the first half, the Giants had two long scoring drives. They had another, uh, their first drive stopped when you mentioned earlier Victor Cruz dropped that pass. It was third and eight. He was wide open. He would have had the first down. He dropped the pass. In the second half, the Giants kept getting knocked inside their 20-yard line, um, and then the pass protection broke down. It seemed like it was a jailbreak for much of the second half, and I, I just didn't, you know, they, and they still had a chance to get back in that game if they get a yard on fourth and one and third and one. That was, my, that was the, to me, in the second half. I come out of this game, if I'm going to blame somebody on offense, I blame the offensive line. I don't come out of this game saying Eli blew this game. Right, well, hopefully they can correct the mistakes, and they have the St. Louis Rams coming in for a home game now on Monday night, and it's kind of a real important game that you want to get a win under your belt with this easy part of the schedule in the first month and a half of the season, and we're going to come right back and talk about that. This is Joe Cal and Eric Kennedy on Big Blue Breakdown, yesnetwork.com, bigblueinteractive.com. Want to see what everyone's talking about? Check out the two-time Emmy Award-winning video content at yesnetwork.com. It's the best in Yankees web shows, podcasts, and features only at YesNetwork.com. Welcome back to YesNetwork.com, BigBlueInteractive.com, Big Blue Breakdown. Joe Cal along with the one and only Eric Kennedy from the Big Blue Interactive, the number one giant fan message board on the Internet. And I tell you, Eric, you know, reading your website, I love the passion of the giant fans 
And once football season starts, you know, it, it's day-to-day. And, I mean, I'm following the Giants every day, and I love the news that pops up. And I love how you get all the insight from reporters, and you have all that, and you, you try to answer fan questions because they're all passionate Giant fans, and I love to see that. And one thing that Giant fans have been talking about, because we saw it the other day and we see it a lot with Eli Manning, it's that it seems like Eli waits to the last second to snap the ball, and, and, and it looks like a lot of times he'll take a delay a game penalty, and sometimes it gets noticed on the Giants more than a lot of other teams. I noticed it a lot with Dallas the other night. So I asked a couple of former players, Howard Cross and Ross Tucker, who are on our This Week in Football show, and I said, who is that on? Is that just because it's slow communication between the offensive coordinator Eli, or is it just Eli you know, taking longer to point out everything to his offense before he snaps it. And they definitely said that that's a team decision to make it go down to as close to the clock as it is, and that is Eli. And he could snap the ball faster. They didn't think it was such a big deal. I noticed it, and I know a lot of Giants fans have talked about it on your website. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a popular subject to talk about. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not just something that's, you know, been around this year or last year. It's been around since Coughlin, the Coughlin Manning era began back in, in, in 2004, 2005. And, you know, it is funny. Ralph Vacchiano of the Daily News had a great line the other day, and he said the Giants seem to have the slowest um, hurry up offense in the league <laughs> because then what he was referencing is when they do hurry up, they even. They when they get you know they get they don't even huddle up they'll or no huddle they'll they'll get to the line and they still have this um, Manning still going through all the movement and and pointing out the middle linebacker and all this I, it frustrates me personally I don't like it I think it disrupts the tempo sometimes I understand a little bit of what they're doing but sometimes I just wish they would snap snap the ball and and try to dictate more to the defense rather than react to what the defense is doing. Um, it certainly is something that the delay of games in themselves really hurt the rhythm of a drive and can, can actually kill a drive because you can turn a second and 10 to a second and 15, and that's mm-hmm. hard to overcome. Mm-hmm. But even more than that, and I really I talked about this in the preseason on the site, you know, sometimes they get a rhythm going, and they got the defense back on their heels, and and they've got the, they they tried a little bit of the no huddle in the preseason. It seemed to work, but then they slowed. Even though they weren't huddling, they slowed down at the line, and the defense was allowed to get set, and it sort of defeated the purpose to me. I don't like it. I understand why they do it. I wish they would get away with away from it a little bit more than they do. Uh, but it just seems to be part of the system. I I think it's partially on the coaching staff because you know if. I mean, if they didn't want it, they would tell Eli to knock it off. And I think it's obviously partially on Eli because he's got to keep track of the game game clock and have a sense or a feel for the flow of the games, too. So, But, you know, you watch a team like the, the Patriots the other night, and they do the hurry up, and they don't go through all of that. But if you watch, you know, Eli's brother, he, he does the same thing. So it, I guess it's the style of the offense, the, the offensive coordinator, or what they're trying to do. I just like my game a little more speeded up and trying to dictate the, the defense defense a little more. And the most interesting thing that Howard Cross brought up to me, and he said how it's a disadvantage to the offense is this. He said if you're a defensive player, like a defensive end, and you see that clock going down, you know it's going to get down there, and you know you're going to be jumping. 
You know you're going to be jumping because the clock is getting yep. down. So you have a jump off the ball. And that was my point to him. I said, it just looks like when Eli waits until the last second to snap the ball, it just looks like the last two seconds are kind of rushed. Yeah. And it just looks like – and I saw it with Dallas, too, the other night, and some of the plays worked, some of them didn't. And he said also, he said – and that was a great point he brought up. He said, when you're a defensive player and you know it's going all the way down, you know at that last second you're jumping. So you know you're going to have a great jump off the ball. So I was glad I asked him about that. And I know a lot of Giants fans get frustrated with Gilbride's offense and they send in the play and it just looks like Eli's waiting too long. So I'm glad we talked about that. And, and, and fans, any of your questions that you want to send in to Eric on the Big Blue Interactive website to talk about on the podcast because – like all Giant fans, it's hard to understand everything that's going on in the game. And sometimes when you have access to former players and coaches, it kind of helps you a little bit more to understand the game. And, Eric, help me understand this one. How are the Giants going to rebound this week and play against the Rams? And I want to see fire in their eyes when they come out on Monday night. I want to see a team that wants to win, you know, and I want to see a team that's going to right off the bat go for it. Yeah, you know, this is a really big game. I always hate to say that the second game of this year is a huge game, but we're looking at 0-2 and heading into Philadelphia on a short week. So they've got to win this. They've got to win this football game. This is a critical game for them. It's really, uh, you know, for game two, as big as it probably can get. Um, you know, fans are going to look at this game and say it's the Rams. You know, this is a game the Giants should win. I watched uh, much of that Eagles uh, Rams game in week one, and, and the, the Rams had the Eagles on the ropes for a little while there, and they handed the Eagles a touchdown, or the game would have been a little bit even more interesting. Um, I know I never take anybody lightly, but this is a team, this is a team the Giants should beat. Um, I think the key to this, this offensively for the Giants is they've got to get the offensive line to play with more cohesiveness, better chemistry. That usually only comes with playing time. Um, they've got to they've got to rebound strong, I, and there's a lot of pride on that on that offensive line, and I expect them to to come out and play better than they did against did against the Redskins. I think if the offensive line plays plays well, um, and Hakeem next plays, and he's he's saying he's going to play. We'll see. He's out of practice today, but he it's a bone bruise, and they think he's going to be able to play. If he plays and the running game's going. I think the Giants will will be able to move the football and, and put up some points on on the Rams. Defensively, um, you know the Giants are going to catch a break, and the Jacksons out at running back. Uh, Cadillac Williams can run the football though, so they'll have to they'll have to do well against the run. The good news for the Giants is the the Giants really did a number on the Redskins' running game in Week One. Uh, Lindell Joseph and Chris Canny look like they're going to prime for to have a really good year in the middle of the Giants' defense. So it's going to come down defensively. Is can the can the secondary rebound from a poor performance against the Redskins, and cover a Rams receiving core that really isn't all that talented. So if the Giants can't cover the Rams, and they, they do have a good quarterback, um, but they they don't have a lot of weapons. If they can't cover the Rams, it's going to be it's going to be a long year for Giants fans defensively. If if if, if, if this is a defense. This is an offense the Giants should be able should should be able to cover. Yeah, and then coming into this game, I just want to talk about some players. I mean, Ahmad Bradshaw and Brandon Jacobs, I think they're going to work fine this year as a team together. But I tell you what, I've seen enough of DJ Ware over the years to know that he's not an upgrade <laughs> over you know anybody else. And I tell you what, Darrell Scott over the preseason, I know it was against third stringers. I've never seen a, st- a speed burst like that to the line. I'm excited about what this kid can do. I'm hoping that... 
Maybe they got him involved in some packages. Maybe they're waiting till if they have a lead by a touchdown or two. But I just think this kid could explode off the ball. And given, like I said, it was the preseason, but I just thought this kid's burst was unbelievable. I called up my father after I saw him make uh, some runs in the uh, New England game, and I said, the Giants better not drop this kid because he is, I think he is going to be something in this league. Yeah, I'd like to see them get him in situationally. Uh, again, the real big risk with him is, is is can he pass block? Do you trust him back there protecting Eli Manning? But, you know, I'd like to get him into some packages where maybe they see, uh, supposedly coming out of Maryland, he had good hands. I'd like to see if they could get him out of the slot maybe and maybe threaten our linebacker down the middle because this man is fast. And, um, you know, I don't expect to see a lot of him this year unless there are injuries. Um, but I certainly think, you know, the talent he has, they, they can use him in some interesting ways. Unfortunately, there were only two guys on the roster that were in uniform against against the Redskins who did not play on Sunday. One was David Carr and the other one was Darrell Scott. So I hope that's not indicative of, of how they're going to use him in the future. But I, I agree with you. I I would pick my spots and find a way to get that guy on the field. Yeah, and on the defensive side of the ball, I think you made mention of Linville Joseph. We liked what we saw and Chris Canty, and let's hope Justin Tuck. I mean, we should have a sponsored segment on the show, the Giants Injury of the Week, because, <laughs> you know, now we hear Tuck, and then we hear Hakeem Nix, but I think we're going to have to get used to hearing Hakeem Nix on the injury list because he just looks like he's a player. Every time he goes up for a pass, I'm holding my breath. And it seems like him and it, I really it, him and Des Bryant, I think, have all the talent in the world, but I think they're the same type of player. I think every time they break a big play, you know, I think he's a, I think he's a stud, and I think he's, he's, he's a very good player, but I'm just nervous. I mean, I never had to worry about that with Amani Toomer and you know for the most part <laughs> you never had to worry about that with a lot of other Giants receivers except for Thomas Lewis back in the day who didn't play yeah. who didn't play if he had a broken toenail but you know <laughs> I mean with him though I love him in the game I'm just hoping he can stay in the game and let's hope the Giants come out of this game with no injuries and uh, Eric it was a pleasure having you and I'm looking forward to having you each and every week here on yesnetwork.com and fans YesNetwork.com and BigBlueInteractive.com are now partners, so you can go to either site to get some information about the New York Giants. And we look forward to your questions, and we look forward to your passion all through the season. And, Eric, it's going to be a pleasure this year, buddy. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, and hopefully the Giants have a good season for us too. Well, nonetheless, I think it's going to be a very interesting season for the Giants. And fans, let's stay positive. Let's remember a couple years back when they went to the Super Bowl, they were 0-2 and almost 0-3, and they still pulled it out. So let's keep the faith, Eric. We'll talk to you next week. Great job. Thanks. Take care, guys.